Acts chapter 4, notice your Bible, verse number 23. Now we'll read several scripture tonight. You're sitting, so you, you, you know, I'm doing the work. Watch this. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by thy mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord... Behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when, notice now, underscore this in your Bible, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all the things which he possessed was his own, but that they had all things common. Notice now. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them. And brought the prices of the things that were sold. And laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. What a miraculous situation here. When you break in on this story, when you read these verses of Scripture, you find out that this is not business as usual. Things here in Acts chapter number 4 and in this early church, things are different here. May I submit to you tonight by way of a title, if I was going to title this message, I want to talk to you about this simple subject on having church when you go to church. You know, the old timers used to call it going to meeting. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, especially after times of great harvest and great blessing and times of great spoil, sometimes we find ourselves, you know, I can imagine that the old tobacco growers probably, when they finally get that tobacco, you know, cured, primed and cured and all that, I'm talking about something I have nothing, have no idea what I'm talking about, but some of you understand. And they take that, and they'd finally go to a time of the sale and, and they'd go down there and, and uh, you know, after they paid off their loans for, you know, buying the seed and all the different things that they needed, then they would come back and, and probably look at whatever was left over and, and the time of harvest had come and they'd been blessed with a great harvest and they'd count the money and they'd look at the money and they'd say, man, look at where we are and look at how we've been blessed and look at all that has taken place. And, and sort of sit back for a moment and just rejoice in what it was that they'd been blessed with. And may I say to you tonight, there's not anything necessarily wrong with that. I think that we do need to take a step back sometime, sort of catch our breath, evaluate where we are, take inventory, and just say, boy, look at what God, boy, God sure has been good. Amen. And you need that, and you should do that. And that's what's, uh, that's what's 
what's going on here uh, in this church. They have uh, experienced a citywide revival. 3,000 have been saved. Another service, 5,000 people that have been saved. The extraordinary, the miraculous are the norm around there. That's, that's what they're used to. I mean, when they go to church, they, they just take, they take their buckets, buddy. They're expecting God to fill them up. Amen? And these people, they're, they're involved in that. This group of people are having their prayers answered. They're, they're actually in love with each other in the Christian kind of way. I'm not talking about me loving your wife. and you love, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about loving each other in the Lord. Man, your concern for one another, compassion, consideration, and courtesy for one another is a real thing. Christian love in action, and we see it. By the way, charity validates everything that we say we are as Christians. Uh, you cannot say you love God if you don't love your neighbor. Somebody say amen. amen. Hey, friend, I'll get in your pee patch if you're not careful, praise God. <clears throat> I'm talking to you, Sonny. You need to give me a hug after the service. Anyhow, their worship services are all about Jesus. Jesus is the centerpiece. He's the focus. Their concentration is on Christ. These people are in love with the Lord. Now, I don't know about you tonight, but that's the kind of services and the kind of church that I want to be involved in. By the way, yes, let me let you in on a little secret. I think you're uh, involved in one here. I told Joy just a moment ago, I said, if I lived in this community, uh, if I lived in this community, I'd be a member, if they'd have me, of the Calvary Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. I resigned. I just lived a little bit too far away to join. But I might, you know, anyhow. These people, man, I mean, listen. They're experiencing something that very few people ever experience. What you have been a part of in the last little while is something that very few people ever get involved in. And I say to you tonight, hallelujah and praise God. Amen. But right on cue, what happens? The devil steps in, doesn't he? My preacher used to say all the time, where God blesses, the devil messes. That's exactly right. Up pops the devil. I mean, you know, every single time things seem to be going right in our lives, you know, it seems like he just knows exactly when to step in, swoop in, show his ugly head, and just mess everything up. Amen? I mean, he comes in to disrupt and to disturb everything that is going on. And Peter here... And John, in chapter number 3, they've healed that lame man by the help of the Lord, of course. And, and the religious elite of that hour, they don't like it. Have we seen, by the way, take a time out, turn the live stream off. Has anybody ever heard of such a thing as getting upset with a church and a pastor because their church is having revival and people are having saved, uh, being saved? But how many of you know somebody or heard something or somewhere that somebody didn't like what was going on at camp? Calvary. You know what I say to that crowd? And have at it. Help yourself. What a sad state of affairs. The people started listening to the apostles and, and uh, the, the, the people in that they started hearing what God's doing. They're listening. They're acting. They're believing. They're being saved. And the religious hierarchy of the day didn't like it. People don't always like it. Hey, I remember going into church or going into work on that Monday morning. Oh, yeah, by the way, I used to work honest work. I know it's hard to believe. <clears throat> Betsy, where's Betsy at tonight? Raise your hand, Betsy. There you are, hon. I don't know if I could get her daddy to really testify that I work, but I believe he would testify that I showed up regularly <laughs> or semi-regularly. But you know, the, these, the, these people, are, are, again, are involved in, in great things. And, 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 and Peter and John are preaching to them. And lives are being transformed. And the Sanhedrin here get all tore up about it. They get all out of the way about it because they're doing something that's good. 
But now in the course of these verses, we find out, don't we, that the Sanhedrin finally let them go, but they command them, hey, wait a minute, don't you be preaching in Jesus. Now, I know that's not good proper English, but you understand what I'm saying. I am in Union Grove, amen. They said, don't you go around preaching in Jesus' name anymore. Don't you go around telling people about the Lord anymore. Uh, you, 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 you know, now listen, it's okay if you want to get stirred up over there at the house, you know, and what you do over there is your business. But, but listen, don't you come out here messing up our situation. And boy, they say, now you can go, but make sure that you don't get caught preaching in Jesus' name anymore. So what's Peter and John do? Well, they go straight down to where the other disciples are. As a matter of fact, they go to church. They go where those folks are. They find out where they're meeting and they go to church. And as they're explaining, if I understand this right, as they're explaining what's going on, a spontaneous, old time, hallelujah, shingle pulling, shutter rattling, old time worship service breaks out. Amen. Unusual things take place. They didn't let the persecution stop them or cause them to fear what it was that God was doing and what was God was doing in their hearts. They didn't disband. They didn't go home. What did they do? They went to church. My goodness, if we've learned anything in the last two and a half years, it's that not everybody is going to be happy or excited that we're serious enough that we'll go to church no matter what, that we want to go to church uh, even if there is something, some virus or something that's going around, and I don't mean to open up a can of worms tonight, but we know tonight that some of that went to a level in our lives. They use fear tactics to try and get you and I, but I'm glad we came out on the other side of that thing and hallelujah you know better than anybody Miss Pope I'm telling you we came on on the other side of that thing uh, and I'm glad to be able to report to that crowd we're still having church amen we didn't shut the doors we didn't quit coming God's still showing up amen they're already at church uh, but then they started having church I want to say to you tonight I want to remind you tonight uh, that the devil still wants to disrupt disband disturb uh, and keep us from having church, but I want to say to you tonight, you can't have church when you go to church. Amen. And a lot of it has more to do with you. I realize that the Lord, you know, the Lord has to be here. I get that, but guess what? Before you ever get here, He's here. I mean, He's here, praise God. But your attitude about all of this does matter. Let me give you three quick things tonight. I don't know how quick they'll be, but I'm going to give them to you anyhow. Praise God, that was definitely in a younger day, wasn't it? (laughs) Number one, how how did they do it? How did they have church? How was it in the midst of the persecution, the trouble, the disturbances, the devil and all that was going on? How did they do it? Well, number one, I believe simply tonight, they just got consumed with worship. This is not new. I have not put a patent on this and it is not, I promise you, anything you hadn't heard. But may I say to you tonight, these people got consumed with worship. I mean, it got big in them. It got big on them. And then it got big out of them. Amen. Uh, Hey, they worship. Guess how they did that? Well, we find here in the verses tonight, the very first thing they did is that they showed up. Amen. 80% of anything statistically it has been reported is just simply showing up. Amen. Uh, These people got together. As a matter of fact, they said, uh, if y'all gonna be meeting, uh, make sure you let me know when and where because I'm gonna be there. Amen. Uh, may I say to you tonight, it's Sunday evening. I know you're tired. Uh, days at Calvary are full days on Sunday. And even the days leading up to the worship services are busy full days and getting prepared and doing what needs to be done. But as we come together on Sunday morning, uh, it, it ought to be that we've been walking with God, getting prayed up, spending time with the Lord. Uh, and it's just an overflow when we get here. And boy, it just breaks out uh, in old time worship. Amen. Uh, I say to you tonight, uh, our attitude uh, and our attendance 
about worship uh, uh, means a lot. Hey, we ought to just show up and wait on God to do something. Amen. Amen. When it comes time to worship, they were present. They were in their place. Hey, can I say to you tonight, you've heard these statistics. This is good. They say, you've seen this, read this. They say that 20% of deaths occur in automobiles. 17% occur at home. 14% occur with pedestrians on the street. Travel by air, train, or and water account for 16%. Do you have any idea what the percentage is that happens in church? 0.001%. You say, I'm afraid of dying. Well, go to church, amen. We need to show up. You say, I'm tired. You say, I'm give out. You say, it's been a long week. You say, you don't know what I've been dealing with. You don't know what I've been going. My back hurts. My leg hurts. My arm hurts. My finger hurts. I got an ingrown toenail. I say to you tonight, bless God, I'll wrap it up, put some mercurochrome on it or some methylate and get to the house of God. Amen. Whoa, honey, we need to worship. We need worship tonight more than we need breath in our lungs. We need God to come on the scene. I'm telling you, these people were consumed with worship. May I ask you tonight, how consumed are you with worship? Amen. You say, well, preacher, I come and, uh, but I don't understand all of that stuff that's going on at church. And I'm, you know, you sit there like a bump on a pickle. Yeah. I remember one of the first times I ever shouted. I was going to a little... Is it all right to come down? I better stay up here. I remember the first time, preacher, I was going to a little Southern Baptist church over in Coolum in North Carolina. Anybody know where Coolum? Anybody representing tonight? Say amen right there. That's where I'm from, Steve. Coolum me. You say, you sound like you bragging on it. Praise God, if anybody lives through it, they ought to be able to brag. Amen. <laughs> I'm sitting in that little church there on the side of 801, Edgewood Baptist Church. I'm sitting there in church when I hadn't been saved very long. Preacher got up there and started preaching in a big kind of way. He wasn't no little feller, and he was throwing that leg up over this way and that way. I mean, in the Southern Baptist Church now. He was preaching, man, in a big kind of way. And I heard somebody say, Woo, glory. And I looked around, I said, Who was that? Praise God, it was me. (laughs) Hey, man, it got big in me. I couldn't help it. I'm telling you, friend, uh, I'm telling you, there are a lot of people tonight. Listen to me, I got to move on. But there are a lot of people tonight that miss out on what it is that God wants to do just simply because they're not here. God can't build a church uh, with 10,000 people that won't show up. But you take a faithful handful of people that'll show up continually. I'm telling you, it's liable to be that God says, uh, I see that crowd over there. Uh, I'm going to mark off a little bit over here, a little strip of land, uh, and I'm going to meet with that crowd because they keep showing up. You know, my encouragement is to you tonight, just keep showing up. Amen. Hey, watch this now. Hey, not only were they concerned, but notice here their affirmation. Not only did they show up, but then watch this. They praise God. They praise God for what? Verse number 24. I don't have time to read it. Verse number 24, they praise God for who he was. May I say to you tonight, we ought to praise him for who he is. Amen. Amen. He's the God of heaven and earth. He's the Lord. Uh, I'm telling you what, he's the one that stepped out on nothing and spoke and made everything that is. Uh, He's the one that came by where I was uh, when I was lost and on my way to a devil's hell. Honey, I'm telling you, I went to church that morning. I didn't go looking for anything. Uh, I had probably had a bag of dope. Uh, I'd probably been drinking liquor the night before. I don't know. Uh, I had ear bobs in both ears. Who can imagine? But I'm telling you tonight, uh, God, 
God spoke to my heart, sitting about three quarters of the way back on the right hand side. Praise God, I'm sorry, honey, I can't help it. I know I'm loud. I sit three quarters of the way back on this side, and I'm telling you, the sweet Holy Ghost used that preacher. He's a thumping on the end of my nose. And I'm telling you, I realized that day that what I thought I had, I didn't really have. And I made a beeline down to an old fashioned altar and got gloriously saved by the grace. I said, saved. Say amen right there. I said, saved. That's a V E D. That's a Bible term, praise God. I'm glad I'm saved tonight, amen. And that's why I like to lift him up. I'm lifting him up because of who he is. Oh, yeah, I'm lifting him up because of what he's done. We're, there is no shortage tonight when we look around this room of what God has done. Now, I want to stop and take a time out. There's some of you, you got saved out of your own personal type of religion. There's some of you was in church. There's some of you was involved. And you were doing things. But the sweet Holy Ghost used a service maybe around here recently to really show you what you thought you had you didn't really have. I've been in services like that. I've led people to Christ like that. I was involved. I was like that. I was quoting John 3, 16, living wicked as a devil. I remember all that stuff, man. But I'm telling you, God, let me know. Just like he'll let you know. You say, well, preacher, I just, I'm just not sure. Let me just put it to you like this. Somebody big as God moves in on the inside of you, honey, you'll know it, praise God. You say, how will you know? Well, it's praise God, it's like the measles. It'll show up all over you. I don't have to ask my wife whether or not I'm saved, praise God. I know I'm saved. I ain't sure about her, but anyhow, she's not here to finish this. But I'll promise you tonight, hey, I'm telling you, I'm making much of him, worshiping him, just like you are because of what he's done and what he's doing. Amen. I'm preaching like a novice. I can't help it. Hey, praise God. But they also praise God for what he was able to do. The, the Bible says, and we know this, don't we? Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And, and all I can say about that is this. Whatever's been going on, whatever good days you've been having, you're just scratching the surface. You just, you ain't at the end of anything. You just at the beginning. Yes, Oh, by the way, we got all this and heaven too. I mean, we got heaven to look forward to. Praise God. He sliced off a little bit of honey in heaven and poured it out over here on Union Grove over here at Calvary Baptist Church. And I'm going to tell you something right now, honey. He dipped that honey bucket over over on this place uh, and you ought to be lapping it up like a dog, amen. Just say, hey, God, give me more. I like what you're doing. And by the way, he can do greater and mightier things. That was our theme last year. The great and the mighty, because he's able. I thought about this. He, they're praising him not only for what he's able to do, but they're praising God for how he was working and directing in their lives. This group of people were not ashamed of being labeled. They believe in worshiping the Lord. And, and it's like it's been said so many times, but it's so true. There's some of those people you work with, those people. Did you hear how I said that? Those people. And they know that you, they see your their license plate and your stickers, Calvary Baptist Church of Union Grove. And all of those people, some of them think, oh, you're sharing what's going on. And they oh, Lord, here we go again. Oh, they're going, up, oh, coming up this road. And they see where you're, oh, I bet they're going to, oh, I bet they're going to Calvary. <laughs> those people are going, look at them. They're going to Calvary. Look at how they're dressed. Look at them. They're going back. I mean, don't they realize they don't have to go to church every single day? <laughs> Those people, hey, people right here that I'm talking about in Acts chapter number four, they didn't care. That's right. You're right. They got over it. They got over it. I mean, it's got over it. Rodney said, he said he, he has too. Praise God. We know he has. Amen. I mean, you know, he's like myself. He ain't got hardly enough sense to get out of the rain. Amen. <laughs> But getting good and saved, man. Oh, yes. And getting full of the Holy Ghost, buddy. Oh, yeah. It changes everything. Yes. And you realize what's really important. Yeah. 
you learn, you figure out that a lot of this other stuff that's happening and going on, I get it, work and all the things we have to do, that's not what I'm talking about. There's a whole lot of stuff in life that we worry ourselves with. And when we, when we get back to a point and we sort of drop back and we punt and we look at what's going on and we realize, you know what? This is what's important. This is all that's going to matter. This is all that's going to matter one of these days. You, you, you're not going to necessarily, and I get it, we're going to give an account for the works that we do, but I'm going to tell you, we're not going to give an account on, on, on how good of an electrician we were, and I, I hope you're a great electrician and carpenter and all the other things that you're doing and, and, and involved in. You ought to be the best, the very best that you can be at whatever it is that you're doing, but understand this, whatever it is that you're doing is secondary to the fact that you're saved by the yes, grace of God. Yes, yes sir. Yes. If you're a contractor and you're a Christian, you are a Christian who does contracting work. And you use whatever abilities God's gifted you with to further the kingdom of God to get people to Christ. Well, i got to hurry. Watch this. Not only were they consumed with worship, but then you know these things. They're committed to the work. I had several other things I could have said there, and I see that now, but I'm going to move on. It's getting late, right? I've heard Preacher Pope preach too. I thought I'd let you out a little early. Anyhow, (laughs) committed to the work. These people were consumed by worship preachers. Don't get mad at me. I mean, listen, they are consumed with worship. But they're also committed to the work. They're not saying, well, we can only do this part of it, the ministry, and leave this other part sort of uh, disregarded. That's not how it works. God will do things in our hearts like He's done here tonight. Brother, brother, I enjoyed your singing. The group that was up here tonight, thank you for singing. Choir tonight, glory to God. I don't know why y'all acted like you were sick over January and didn't come to the Jubilee. I bet, I bet the, the series launch was that night of The Voice, and that's why you didn't come. Yeah, when I got home, me and my wife discussed, I said, see, that's what's going on. Preacher Pope said, no, I understand. But I'm, I can't wait to unleash Calvary Baptist Church and Steve Pope on the shining light Baptist Church of Greensboro, North Carolina. I can't wait. These people got involved in the Lord's work. They got busy. You know what they got busy doing? Being a blessing. They got busy being a blessing. Helping each other. By doing this, they left a a wonderful example for you and I. By them doing the things that they did here in Acts chapter number 4, they showed us how we ought to be conducting ourselves. They love, the Bible says here in our verses tonight, look with me in verse number, let's see if I can find it, verse number 32. The Bible says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart. And one soul. They, I said it a moment ago, but love was the hallmark, the calling card of this church. Charity validated what they said that they had. They loved each other. They pulled together. They did not allow trivial matters to come between them. They kept the main thing the main thing. They didn't major on the minor. There's some of us tonight that we can't, we can't get beyond somebody's little flaw, something about them, the way they talk, look, comb their hair, whatever the case may be. We focus on those things and focus, rather than focusing on all the good things that they have done and are doing. I remember this story, and i just share it with you quickly, but Albert Einstein was teaching... Uh, And he had written an equation on the board. And all of his students, as you can imagine, were pretty sharp themselves. And he made a mistake. And I don't know that he didn't do it on purpose, but he made a mistake. And every one of his students were very quick to point out his mistake. And he remarked to them, I've probably done thousands of equations in here in front of you. And not one time did you thank me for the good job that I did. But I made one mistake, and you find 
error and fault with me. Can I say to you tonight, church, we need to learn because this world is always looking with their magnifying glass and their microscope to find things wrong with you and me. Let's don't be involved in the friendly fire aspect of what goes on in church business. Amen? You say, well, that song leader, good gracious alive. We just sang that song last Sunday. Can't he remember? Doesn't he write things down? You know, people that are successful make lists. That is not in my notes, by the way. (laughs) What you didn't know was is that Pastor Pope went to Mr. Choir Director and said, hey, could you sing that song that you sang last week? And he, God bless him, he did not take time to run that by you to see if that was okay. Why don't you just love your pastor and your choir director and your piano player? I mean, who couldn't love the piano player? Give her a round of applause tonight. But I'm telling you what's the truth. Listen to me. Listen. We're, we're in a shape. We're in a bad shape when our churches, man, we can't get anything accomplished in our church and do anything for the cause of Christ and reach people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus because we're always fighting with each other and we wonder why our churches are in the mess that they're in. Don't let that be said about you, Calvary. Don't lose your love. If God's taught you anything in these days, it's to love each other. And as we live longer, we're going to find out we need each other more than we ever have before. I'm not throwing off on the generations that came before. They didn't know, and they, I trust that they lived like they, that, that they didn't have much time either. But if we know anything, the trumpet's about to sound. Jesus is fixing to come. But we better be loving each other. And I thought about this, not only that, but then they lived what they said they had out among others. Notice again, your Bible, the Bible says that they believed and they were of one heart and they were of one soul. The fact that they had that heart, it was a heart that was filled with love, yes, but it also meant that they were together. They were not alone. That what they were doing, it was a cooperative effort. In Acts chapter number 2, the Bible says that they were meeting and they were getting in that upper room and every single night they were meeting and waiting for the promise of Luke chapter 24 and the promise of the Spirit of God being released on them on the day of Pentecost. And they realized that they had to do what they were going to do. They had to do it together. And we know churches, and we know not only churches, but we know families. That their families and their homes and their churches are in disarray because they just don't think that they need each other. I can promise you tonight that Gary Blaylock can do nothing by himself. Certainly, I need the Lord. But I need Shining Light Baptist Church. I need them praying for me. But I don't just need them praying for me. I need you praying for me. And, and Brother Pope, as is, 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 is much of a blessing and his family are, he can't do this by himself. There's no way that he can do all the work that God's called him to do here at Calvary by himself. This is not the work of, of one or a few. This is the work of all. Yeah. This church in Acts chapter 4, I'm winding down. Can't you tell? I've done preaching myself out on my introduction. I do it every time. I get so excited I can't help myself. You see, the life of Christ abides in us. It abides in each of us. And when you have a need, I have a need. And when you're blessed, I'm blessed. And when you're... When you're hurting, I'm hurting. And when you rejoice, I rejoice. And we rejoice in each other's successes. God knows my heart. I want to say this sincerely, publicly, and testify. And I say this everywhere I go. I'm very thankful that Pastor Pope and his wife are my friends. And I'm thankful. I rejoice greatly in my heart for what God has done here at Calvary Baptist Church. You know, Right across the road over there is a little church where God did miraculous things for sure and for certain. But in the early days, those were humble beginnings, preacher Pope. 
And people pull you up on the internet and you're thankful. And I know that and I'm glad, but you're still humble. He doesn't know. Don't tell him. He's a great man of God. But people see all of this now and they think, wow. You know, I remember a story. How many of you have ever ever heard of D.H. Griffin? You ever seen his trucks? You ever seen those big, I mean, they do demolition all over. They help with 9-11 back in there out of Greensboro. And I was having a conversation with his son-in-law one day. Now they are a billion-dollar affair. I, I don't guess they're publicly traded or anything like that, but they're a huge outfit. They're nationwide. And here's this little man now who is in the early stages of, well, he has physical problems. He has, he's, he's older. He's not doing the day-to-day stuff. He's just, you know... His working days were over kind of a thing. But people see that. And they know what it is. He owns houses and properties and all this stuff all over Greensboro and all over the place. And they see that and they think, wow, I wish I could be D.H. Griffin. I wish I had a big house like that. I, I wish I had all those trucks. I wish I had all those hundreds of people that work for me. But I wonder if those same people wish that they had to go to, to this bank and borrow the money for payroll to pay this bank off and to make payroll. Right. I wonder if they'd want to do that. You see, a lot of people see what's going on around here, and don't you get caught being this way thinking, boy, look at, what we, look at all this. Man, isn't this great? It's good what God's done, and we all rejoice. I rejoice in it. I rejoice with you. I tell everybody, I know Him. I know him. But don't, don't ever forget those days. Yes, sir. Amen. Because those days are what have made these days possible. It takes days of difficulty and development. There's Moses on the backside of the desert. He's looking after Jethro's flock. Is that right? Am I telling it right? He's looking after those flock over there. Forty years goes by. And then the Lord appears to him in a burning bush and says, I want you to go tell my people, let them go. I want you to go to Pharaoh and let him know it's time to let my people go. Development takes time. And God has done great things and is doing great things and wants to do great things with us individually and corporately. But it takes time. Nobody ever gets to that point without hard work and preparation. Are you listening? Greatness is not born. Greatness is made. Did you hear what I said? Write that down. Make sure you let people know that I said it. All right, watch this. I'm done. There's so many more things I could say. Look at all these notes. Finally, not only were they committed to the work finally? And here's the thing. Look at verse 33 with me. I'm going to leave this with you. I want you to think about it. And with great power gave the apostles, here it is now, witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Finally, these people were constrained to witness. They could hardly but, they could, they could only tell. That was their theme. It was their story. It was interwoven in the fiber of who they were. You you could not dislodge it from them because it was here. You can't unsee. You can't undo, unhear, and unexperience. But I tell you what the devil will like to do. He would like to cloud it. He'd like to use distance from it. And I can promise you this, it's like anything else. How many of you are going to have a garden in, here in the next little while? How many of you know that you can't plow it, turn it under, get it ready, sow it, and leave it? Can you do that? I don't know. I'm not much, I'm not, you, you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at me. I like farm uh, stuff that comes out of a garden. Okay, I like that. I don't know much about it. I don't have a garden. But how, many, how many of you know? You don't sow it and leave it 
and just expect to be able to come back several weeks later and start reaping the harvest. You've got to keep working it, don't you? You've got to cultivate it. You've got to weed it. You've got to stay on it. You've got to hoe ho, What'd you say? Hoe it. See? You've got to hoe it. A hoe is something that you, uh, my wife uses to kill snakes. If I can leave you with anything, it's this. Don't be ashamed, and you aren't, but don't be ashamed to tell people what God's doing. They couldn't help it. In Acts chapter number 4, they could not help themselves. You say, man, they just, somebody had to pump them and prime them and push them out and make them go. No, no. When they left, when they were turned loose, they went straight down to where the other disciples were and met with them and said, man, look what God's been doing. God, look how big God is. Look how wonderful the Lord is. God shook that place. You know what God's done? God has shaken some of your lives. And He's shaken this place. Don't get over it. And tell other people. I say, I say we make a motion tonight that we start another building project tonight. Knock the walls out. Praise God. Let's build two more wings uh, and let's believe God for it. Amen. Any takers? God's going to use you to get that done. God's going to use you to get it done. You say, preacher, I don't know what to say. Just tell them what Jesus did for you. You don't have to... Ha- I mean, it's okay if you've memorized the Romans Road. It's okay if you've got a little card in your pocket. and Oh, that's my offering. Never mind. Anyhow. It's okay if you've got one. But you don't, you don't have to do anything exceptional. Just tell them what Jesus did for you. Just tell them what the Lord did for you. <clears throat> and it's just untelling what God might continue to do. They made him the centerpiece. As long as you give him the glory and the credit, I promise you tonight, God's going to keep doing great things. The very moment you attach me and I and usins to what's going on around here, you go ahead and mark her down. God will say, okay. You go ahead and have it. How many believes tonight we just need to give God some glory? Again. I want Miss Pope. If you, I don't know how you do the invitation. If it's okay, Pastor, I'll turn it over to you in just a moment. But if she could just play softly, if you'd just stand tonight, and maybe you'd like to join me for a corporate prayer time around this altar. This is the Magnify Conference. Who are we magnifying? Well, we should be magnifying Jesus. You say, I want Jesus to be the head of my home. Grab your spouse by the hand and bring them here to the altar. Get your kids around this altar and beg God to stay on your family. Because the devil, I promise you tonight, he's still at work. He's not going to look at Calvary Baptists or us or you or anybody else and say, well, they're off limits tonight. No, you're, you're, prime, you're prime for the picking. He's got you in the crosshairs tonight. How many be honest tonight while heads are bowed for just a moment, altar workers around here already? How many would be honest and say, Preacher, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven and I'm not embarrassed to slip my hand up. Will you slip your hand up high? I'm a Christian tonight. Slip it back down. How many would be honest and say, Preacher, God spoke to my heart. I'm not sure that if I died right now, that I would go to heaven. I'm just not sure, preacher, that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Would you slip your hand up high and say, preacher, that's me. I see that hand, sir. Who else tonight would be honest and say, preacher, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that if I died right now, that I would go to heaven. Would you slip that hand up high? Anybody else anywhere? you're serious tonight and you want to make make good on God's promise 
you want to come and trust Christ tonight, would you step, step around here into this altar area right up close? We'll take the Bible. Preacher Pope and his folks will take the Bible and show you how to know beyond a shadow of a doubt before you leave this place tonight that you're saved and on your way to heaven. The preacher's going to come take the invitation tonight. But if God dealt with you, now's the time. Today's the day. God showed you what you needed. Why don't you do business with God tonight? I highly recommend that you give your heart and life to Jesus. 29 years almost, I've been saved. God can do the same thing for you. Preacher Pope's coming. Will you do business? Whatever, whatever God tells you to do, you do it. Well, our heads bowed, our eyes closed tonight. We have some of our personal workers up here in the uh, in the altar tonight. There'll be some folks up here that have a Bible in their hand. And if you're here tonight and there's a need that you have, especially if you're here this evening and you say, Preacher, I'm not sure that if I died, I would, I would, I would go to heaven. If that's you, I'm going to ask you right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to step out. And just come right now. We've got some folks down here with a Bible. and We'd love to help you. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just keep our heads bowed just for a minute. Amen. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Oh, God. Thank you for the reminder tonight that your hand is not shortened that it cannot save. God, your ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. And Father, we're thankful for what you've done in the last month at Calvary. But thank you for reminding us tonight that God, you can do greater things than that. God, God you can do greater. I pray tonight, Lord, that you would pour yourself upon this place. God, work in hearts tonight, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Folks are getting some help. If you're here tonight, you say, Preacher, well, that's me. I need, I need Christ. I need to know that I'm going to heaven. Would you step out right now? We've got some folks down here with the Bible, and they would love to, to talk to you tonight. You're here tonight. You say, Preacher, I have been saved. But I haven't taken that next step of obedience. I haven't followed the Lord in believer's baptism. If that's you, why don't you come tonight and make yourself a candidate for baptism. If you're here this evening and you say, Preacher, I am saved and I've been baptized. But I didn't even mean to let it happen. But I sort of got away from the things of the Lord. If that's you tonight, listen, would you come? It might be church members. It could be, listen, it could be a lot of things. But if God's dealing with your heart tonight, preacher, I'm not the member of a good Bible-believing church, and God's leading us to, to join with this local body. If God's dealing with your heart right now, would you come while we wait? Would you come? Just as we, we have our heads bowed and we're praying right now, boy, hey, Calvary, thank you for using the altar tonight. Man, that's such a blessing to see the altar filled with people just praying for their church. People just thanking the Lord for his blessings. Man, oh man, he said it right tonight. May we never get away from what God has done. And by the way, may we never make it about us because it's not about us. And while he was preaching tonight, I thought, if we ever make it about us, it's done. It's a done deal. We're going to sing in just a minute, but before we do that, if you need to come, altars are open. Father, we're thankful. Lord, thank you for letting us have church tonight. God, thank you for the great music, but Lord, thank you for the word that we've been able to receive. Father, I pray that you would do your perfect work right now. I pray you'd give understanding. Oh 
God, I pray you do the miraculous. Lord, continue to add to what you've to what you've already done. Oh God, I pray you would. Lord, if there's one more here tonight that needs to make a move, Father, give them faith. Right now, give them faith, Lord, to make a just to take that first step. I pray you do it. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen. Hey, church, let's sing this little chorus tonight. You can look up this way. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. If you need to come tonight, altars are open. Let's sing it tonight. Here we go. Ready? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy Sing it one more time. If you need to come, the altar's open. Just as I am without one plea, but that I blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me. time we're going to go in just a minute we're going to go one thing we have tried to do in the last month is we've just tried to be very very sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we've seen this happen a lot of times in the last few services God has extended an invitation out just a little bit more I can promise you this, Calvary. It's never my desire just to keep you here, just to keep you here. But sometimes we've saw the Lord sort of draw an invitation out just a little bit longer. And if you're here tonight and there's still something that you need to do, a decision that you need to make right now, would you just take that step, make your way down here to the front? Can we help you tonight? Is there one more here tonight? 